Welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. I'm Bridger Payton, and today I want to talk about lessons learned from Bernie Madoff. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around, and now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it with no investors and without an Ivy League degree? This podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. All right, so kind of a funny funny topic, right? What can we learn from Bernie Madoff? This man, for 35 years, ran the largest Ponzi scheme ever, over $65 billion. Um, he did this for such a long time, had such a big organization, so many investors, so many notable people invested in his fund and lost money. How did he do it, and what can we learn from it is what we're going to talk about today. This is a fun episode. Um, and the reason we're talking about this, I was actually on a trip to Israel, to Jerusalem, a few weeks ago on the plane. It was like a 15-hour flight over there. It was a, by the way, a fantastic trip. We did like the Holy Land and the tours. I'm Christian, so we, we walked through, did a lot of learning about Jesus, where he was, all this kind of stuff. It was just incredibly enriching. Side note, <laughs> but we're on the flight over and I clicked on the TV for this documentary about Bernie Madoff and it's in his own words, right? So they interview him in prison after the fact to see what he did, why he did it. Um, And then that sparked me to go online and do a ton of research on him and to figure out what made him tick. How did he get started in this? So Bernie Madoff, um, a while back, was in New York, started a a small penny stocks firm. It was just trading his own money, actually. He had $5,000, which is about $45,000 in today's money. Started trading and did okay, did all right, and wanted to make make a name for himself on Wall Street. And we don't know exactly when it happened, but he started to take investors' money. We know when that happened, but when he started the Ponzi scheme. So what a Ponzi scheme is, for, for those of you who don't know, I'll walk you through it. So what it is, is you take investor A gives you money. Let's say they give you a million dollars. And Bernie's whole thing was, I'm gonna give you 1% return a month. You'll get a 12% return a year, and that's what we do. If you want something bigger than that, go somewhere else. If you want something smaller than that, more safe, go somewhere else. We do about 12%. We're just right in the middle, not too risky, but it's a good, safe investment. That's how he pitched his investors. So investor A gives you a million dollars, And in a typical fund, you're supposed to take that money and with what they're doing, they're supposed to be trading, putting it into different investment accounts, trade it all year. And hopefully they turn that million dollars and get a 12% return over the next year. And then they pay that to the investor and then they keep trading the million dollars. What Bernie was doing, because his trades actually weren't doing that well, he had investor A gave him a million dollars. Investor B would come in and let's say the investor B gave him $10 million dollars. What he would do is say, hey, thank you, Investor B, and he would take the money and at the end of the year, instead of actually just being a trader and actually making money, he would say, Investor A, who gave him the million dollars, he'd say, here's your 12% return. He would just give him $120,000, his 12% return, out of the $10 million investment from Investor B. So essentially what you're doing is you're paying your earlier investors with newer investors' money, and you just circle the cash flow of money. And so it's hard to get out of a Ponzi scheme first off. So usually these types of funds, they lock your money in for a long time. Maybe it's eight, 10, 12 years your money's locked in because if you asked for, hey, can I get my $10 million back? They can't give it to you because they're giving it out to all their other investors. The other thing about a Ponzi scheme is you cannot 
tailor it back. Once you start a Ponzi scheme, you can't stop because the by definition, if you stop, you have to admit you're wrong and admit your mistakes and somebody's have has to have a loss somewhere along the line. So we don't know exactly when Bernie started doing this, but he started this Ponzi scheme of paying investors. And he, one thing about Bernie is he was a fantastic salesman and con man. I, over the 35 years he was running this fund, they did not have one single audit at all. Most funds, like once a year, you maybe even twice a year, you have an SEC audit, you have an internal audit, you run all the numbers just to give it to your investors say, hey, we're not fraudulent. Bernie didn't have a single audit for 35 years. And if investors asked him for it, guess what he'd say? He'd say, you can go somewhere else. If you want an audit, go somewhere else. But if you want a 12% return, 1% a month, you can come here. And we don't do audits. And he was so confident in what he did that people just believed him. He did, he was so good at convincing people. He actually became the president of the NASDAQ. That's how much people trusted him. And then, so he's the president of the NASDAQ. He's running a multi-deca-billion dollar fund at this point. The SEC finally investigates. They start digging stuff up. They come back and say, oh, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, everything's great. He looks, he's got, he's running a great firm. They then run another investigation. The SEC runs two investigations, finds no fault in in Bernie Madoff and his firm, which is just incredible. So he's still running this thing. And um, and then eventually what happens is like one of their competitors, one of the analysts over there said, this, this, is, this cannot be true. And he said it took him about all of eight minutes to figure out that it was a Ponzi scheme because he looked at it and he said, he looked at the charts and saw all of the funds, all the markets, the ebbs and flows, the market contraction, expansion throughout time, the last 30 years. And Bernie's fund was a consistent 12% every year. He said, when you see that, you automatically know it's a Ponzi scheme. So this other analyst, because the SEC has already said, no, there's no problems here. It's great. He actually did all the investigation himself, put it all together in a file and submitted to the SEC and said, you should reopen this investigation because there is something seriously wrong with, with Bernie Madoff's um, firm. And so they investigated it. They find out he's running the biggest Ponzi scheme ever, $64 billion. Um, and so anyways, that's the story of Bernie. And, and you kind of interview him later. And he when, once they go and arrest him, I mean, he admits to all of it. And he's been living this lie for... Uh, his, his entire adult life. He's been living this. He's been lying to family members, friends, his spouse, uh, his kids. He has, so he has two sons working for him in the fund. Um, and we don't know how involved they were, um, how much they knew and didn't know. There's still an investigation about that, but, um, really sad. Um, one son actually committed suicide after, and one son, um, died of cancer just a few years ago. And a lot of people think Bernie, his, his father, grandfather, and great-father all died of cancer in their late 40s, 50s, right around there. And so a lot of people think Bernie just thought, you know, I'm going to die early in life. I might as well just run this Ponzi scheme and make a lot of money and just have a nice living until then. Um, it's funny how, how karma comes around. He's 81 years old now and is sentenced to 150 years in prison as his current sentence. And he's alive and well in prison. Um, he's been there for the past over a decade now. Um, 
But uh, so that's Bernie, Bernie Madoff's story. So a, a few things there, and I've noticed this even myself, I run a lot smaller fund than he does, but it's very, it, it is something that you can do so easily. And I'm going to be honest with you and be vulnerable about how easy it is to, at the end of a, a quarter, say, you know what, this quarter, let's just, let's just change a few numbers, get our, our IRR just up a little bit. And uh, it'd be great. Our investors will love it. And next next quarter, we're going to do a lot better anyways. We'll just boost this quarter a little bit um, to you know even things out. And then, oh, we have a new investor coming in. We want to make sure his returns are good. Let's just pay him more money out of other investors. And it's just so easy to start down that path. And once you start that lie, like Bernie said, you cannot undo a Ponzi scheme. There's no way to undo it. You've got to just keep going until it all comes down. So that's how Bernie got, I, I believe got started. It was just one small decision one day said, you know what? I want to be a big player on wall street. I want to get big and I want to do it fast. And I want these investors to like me. So I'm going to lie. And when you're running your funds and, and I'm running my funds, it is, um, it's something you can probably do pretty easily that nobody would know about for a while. But the truth of the fact is they will find out eventually. The SEC will do an audit, your partners, your investors, sometime in the future, it comes crashing down. So do when you when you have that temptation, when you're looking through your quarterly reports, when you have the opportunity, do not do it because in the long run, it completely destroys and ruins your life, your reputation, your fun, and you're a liar. And the government sees that because you'd never, you know, you'd never walk into a 7-Eleven and rob a, a 7-Eleven at gunpoint, or you'd never murder anybody. But the government sees stealing money and fraud and white collar crimes the same as maybe committing murder, stealing. It's, it's the same thing. And you get sentenced in prison for this pretty much the same amount of time as if you robbed a, a supermarket at gunpoint. And you'd never do that, but you would steal money from investors, right? So what I'm trying to get at is don't be like Bernie Madoff. Um, in that aspect. Now, a few things to learn from him though is how freaking impressive he was pitching investors. And there's a lot of lessons to learn from how he navigated that social scene so well. And now you could say, well, Bridger, he lied, right? And yes, that's true. He did lie about his returns, which does help pitching investors. But that being said, that aside, his confidence when pitching investors was uncanny. To go to an investor that's looking to put potentially billions of dollars in your fund and they ask for an audit and you say, you know what, we don't do audits. Sorry, you can go somewhere else. If you want an audit, go somewhere else. But if you want a 12% return, come here. There is something to say for that type of confidence and his ability to lie through his teeth. But that confidence when pitching investors with your strategy and, and team is unmatched. And that's why I believe you do not need to be on go to Harvard or work on Wall Street for 20 years to pitch investors and start a fund. You need to have confidence in your strategy. Um, there's a few guys I know that are doing a, a big, people are blowing up right now and doing funds about like Airbnb or VRBO rentals where they buy rentals in that space. It's pretty much a real estate fund, but their their strategy is to rent them out for Airbnb. Um, you know, if you have that great of a strategy and it's, it's really good and you can pitch investors with confidence and show them data, they could care less if you went to Harvard or Stanford. All those things do is just get you in a room sometimes 
and hopefully if you went to those schools, it gave you confidence, but you can get confidence a lot of other ways. I know of plenty of real estate investors that never did any of that kind of stuff and are very, very confident in their real estate investment because they do so well. They just know real estate. And I don't know too many classes at Harvard that are gonna teach you a ton about fixing and flipping or doing Airbnb rentals, but it gives you the confidence that stamp of approval. So that's why I firmly believe you do not need to go to Harvard. You don't need to work on Wall Street. You do need, though, you do need to have the confidence though. And the, the just like Bernie Madoff did when pitching investors, he had just pure confidence. And that's how he got promoted to the NASDAQ president. He was so confident in his system. The SEC, he, um, and this is another thing to learn from him of how much, now I say, excuse me, I'm going all over the place, but I excuse <laughs> When I say don't go to Harvard, I don't mean though is once you start your fund and you're starting your fund, be in those types of circles. Find out where those people hang out. A lot of those people hang out at charity events, donation events. Um, I have a few people I know that run a fund. They constantly are volunteering for Make-A-Wish Foundation, for the food um, you know benefit they're doing next month. They're going over and, and help, you know, hiking Kilimanjaro with a bunch of rich guys. I mean, they're doing stuff like that all the time to gain connections and to network. Uh, Bernie was fantastic at that. He was all over the SEC, donated tons of money to charities, organizations. Everyone said, wow, what a great guy, Bernie. Obviously, he's a fraudster, but there's a lot to learn from that once you start growing in this world to gain those types of connections is a huge piece of it. Anyways, longer episode today, but I want to tell you about Bernie's story. I think it's it's very interesting and how he got started. And again, if I find any of you that, that are listening to this podcast and end up in prison or doing in fraud stuff, I will come to your house and rip your eyebrows out hair by hair. Okay. So don't do any of that. Be honest in all your dealings. Be honest when you're doing your reports, even if it's going to be a little bit of a loss to investor and just tell investors, Hey, I'm an honest guy. I don't fudge numbers. This is what happened. And this is how we're going to change in the future. That's a way better person. Investors respect that way more, especially since they've seen guys like Bernie Madoff and what they've done to their investments. They'd rather have an honest guy than a, than a fraudster. Anyways, have a great week. See you guys. Peace. Yo, if you're just starting out, you probably have a lot of questions. That's awesome. I want to hear them. So please go to investmentfundsecrets.com, submit your questions. And if I like your question enough, I actually want to bring you on the show with me to ask those questions live to me. And I'm going to bring on another investment fund manager to answer them for you. So if you're interested in that, please submit a good question on the website. Again, that's investmentfundsecrets.com. See you there.